Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, where two friends sit down and talk about music for a little while. My name's Scott, I'm here with my good friend Brand. Brand, how are you today? I'm good, Scott. I just had a taste of my tea, though, and it's not warm anymore. So let's see how that plays into this today. That's not good. I just finished making my coffee, so it's still good. It it might be a little too warm right now. What's worse, too warm or too cold? Wait, too cold. Because if it's too warm, you just time, time. Yeah, but like you burn, you burn your tongue, and then like your taste buds are gone. I mean, do you just do you just go for full chugs of whatever liquids in front of you at all times? You don't. No, Scott, I'm a sipping boy. I'm a sipping boy. Ah. Put it on my tombstone. I'm a sipping boy to the grave. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it's not the tea or coffee podcast. We're here to talk about a record I gave you last week from a band you have not listened to a full project from because that's the premise of this show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. Who knows? We, we may evolve at some point. We also weren't doing drafts when the show started. So that's true. We may evolve and... to, hey, let's both check out this new release together. And then the show will be four hours long because oh, it's, wow. it's hard to keep it short with just one of us giving our our, yeah. our, our opinions most of the time. So I don't know. I mean, go look but... at the Chumbawamba episode for that. Yeah. But for now, that boy was a monster. For now, that is the formula of the show. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I had only heard anything by Social Distortion on Guitar Hero, yeah, or Rock Band, or both, or possibly both. And then when we get into this record, potentially I heard one of these songs somewhere else. Okay, but maybe you'll be able to tell me when we get there. I know you always have fun little notes like that sometimes. Sometimes I do, and we'll see what happens. But today, let's jump into the notes for Social Distortions first album mommy's little monster social distortion and his american punk rock band that formed in 1978 in fullerton california okay uh, going into this i don't think i knew i don't think i knew they were that old yeah they're they, old I think boys they were just around for a long time i guess yeah they've been around for quite a while so they're kind of <laughs> i hate doing this they're kind of in between those two waves. Though. The waves, yeah. <laughs> like, they're almost where the addicts sit, where, like, yeah. the addicts were in between waves a bit, but also mm-hmm. pioneers of the next wave. That's that's kind of how Social Distortion was, too. Yeah. And then and then just acted within the next wave also. Like, they were just, a, they were just around in the next wave also. Yeah. And then kind of never went away, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they fade a bit from consciousness here and there throughout their discography or throughout their history because of their discography. It's not huge. It's only like six records. Scott, would you say that social distortion is the addicts of America? (laughs) Oh, wow. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. So sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the theatrics that the addicts use. They definitely don't, but I don't know any punk bands from America who did. Yeah. We didn't really, misfits misfits oh yeah misfits i think the misfits might be the addicts of america that might be true i hope the dudes in the addicts are better than most of those dudes in the misfits. <laughs> yeah. 
that's and that, that sucks to say. There's a yeah. lot of Misfits music I like, but oof. They make it hard. Yeah, that's where you start separating the art from the artist. Yeah, like Pantera. Same yeah. situation, Ooh, basically. Boy. Same situation. Hey, Phil's walking some stuff back now. He's <laughs> apologizing a bit for some things. Well, that's because he can only catch heat from one way, Scott. You can't <laughs> you can't do that shit and then create Pantera without any of the other members. Right. Yeah. You have to you have to you have to really uh dam up one of those one of those fucking <laughs> levees. Yeah. Well, I, I heard he's apologizing for the use of the stars and bars, the Confederate flag recently. Did he apologize or was he just, did he just tell a fan how stupid it was? Which I am he on board He told an with entire too. crowd. It was during a show. I might be more on board with that than like, a, a, like putting out a press like thing about it. Like, oh yeah, no, it was tweeting, during a show. That's what I mean. But I, I think I'm, I think it's, it's better that he did it at the show. Yeah. I mean, maybe who knows? Maybe he got a publicist and his publicist told him, you never know. Who knows? Like, look, dude. <laughs> yes. But you're I, fucking up. But rather than putting out like a I hereby do not stand by this. Yeah, you're right. Like you're out at a show and you're you're telling the people there that paid money to see you. Yeah. Hey, put that shit down. That's dumb. That's that's, just, dumb. that's stupid bullshit. They lost. It's like, oh, all right. Hey. All right, all right Phil. Even if your shadows may like all that's doing is like a little bit of his shadows pointing in maybe the right direction because he's been leaning so far the other way for oh, a yeah. long time. Yeah, he really <laughs> has. So it's like, all right, well, at least you see there's another side at this point. Like, let's just progress. Let's look for progress. Progress. Progress oh. is key. It's all we want. That's all we want. <laughs> right. Progress. We'll get one we'll on the show next week. We'll talk about it. Sure. We can do that. <laughs> Man, can you imagine a worse, <laughs> no. a worse interview? That'd be terrible. I wouldn't know what to like, do with myself. You'd probably have to do it like 10 p.m. too. Like it would be a weird. Th- he would be like, yeah. "Oh no, man!" And he'd be hammered. He wouldn't be know. awake right now. He's not awake. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tune in next week. We'll have Phil and Selmo on. <laughs> it'll be it'll be great. We'll talk all things damage plant. He wasn't in damage plant. No, he wasn't. I chose the one. <laughs> I chose the one. You chose the one that, that he wasn't, he wasn't in. We'll talk all things down. Okay, yeah, he wasn't go. in hell yet either. So no, he wasn't. Was Super joint ritual. Yes, super joint Pantera down. There's one more somewhere. I don't know. He was the guitarist for Corrosion of Conformity. Was he really for a year? Maybe can't imagine that was good. I just looked this up recently because we were trying to figure out what we were going to draft, and I was looking into the Pantera universe. Mm. Pantera has a lot of releases pre Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, they have like five, but we would go universe. So like downs up, damage plans up, hell oh, yeah. up. Yeah. That'd be crazy. I'm sure there's other ones out there, too. I'm sure there are. I didn't know Hell Yeah had, like, six records, by the way. I knew of three. I knew of the first two. Actually, no, I probably knew three, because the first yeah. two, and then the one after he died, they put out. That's probably yeah. the three I knew about. Yeah. Yeah, I think I bailed after that second one. <laughs> I think I did, too. All right. This this is Social D. This is, we're, yeah. We're, this we're talking the, Social D. This isn't the Phil and Selmo cast. That's next week. Tune in. That's right. Emerging from the Orange County hardcore scene of the late 1970s alongside Agent Orange and Adolescence, Social Distortion went on a temporary hiatus in the mid-1980s due to frontman Mike Ness's drug addiction and troubles with the law, which resulted in extended stints in various rehab centers that lasted for two years. Man, rehab in the 70s couldn't have been good. It had to be rough. It had to be like a new thing. Yeah. I imagine like one flew over the cuckoo's nest type. I mean, that may be a mental hospital, but I see what you're I, I I know what it is. Same I'm situation. Just saying, I imagine that's what it's like. See, I saw it as almost oh no, because they because it would have been instituted by the state. Because I was thinking they'd probably be even less. Like they wouldn't even be hands on. It would just be like okay, come sit here until you're sobered up. Right. But if it was in lieu of prison sentences. Which it sounds like it was. Yeah, he was he was in trouble with the law too. Then it was probably just like a low security prison where yeah. they just sobered him up. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Following the reformation, the band has shifted its style to a country blues and early rock and roll influenced style of punk. Since its inception, the band's lineup has had significant turnover, with Ness as the only constant member after 45 years of performing. Social distortion continues to tour and record music to this day. Well, kind of. When when was their last album? Uh, they they were recording, in okay. the process of, and they were touring in the process of, when 
the reason I brought you this record this mm-hmm. week got announced. Uh, Mike Ness has some um, cancer in his throat that they've discovered. So he's having to take a break. They are postponing a lot of things so he can get proper treatment and hopefully be back to 100% yeah. uh, soon. So hopefully... When, when was the last record they put out before the one that they were recording? Oh, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and it wasn't great. So they were basically a legacy band. They were just like, they would play shows and basically what's bringing people to the shows is their older music. Not oh, it's always... I. Yeah, every time I've seen them, they've played things off of like two of their main records. When did Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes come out? That came out in 11. I have a feeling that's the latest one. Yeah. So their last record before this one was 2011? Before the one that they were working on? Yeah, that's what I meant. Before the one that they were recording for. Yeah, 2011. Their greatest hits even came out in 2007. That checks out. So, yeah, not a huge discography. I've seen them two or three times and all just centered around somewhere between heaven and hell. I might have seen them in sex, love and rock and roll era. I think where the band like in time when the band came up and when the band was dominating is right in that blind spot like that. that That's what I'm hearing with these years, oh, yeah. especially with, I mean, their album. You said they played a lot of legacy stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, not having new stuff coming out kind of puts you in a certain lane. I think, well, I'm looking at their discography now. If that 04 record would have been good and like heralded, I would have known mm-hmm. about them. That That is the one. That's the that one. Was that was Sex, done Love, it. and Rock and Roll. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't great. Yeah. If, it, if that one would have been something important to the scene at the time, right. Then I probably would be aware of them. But well, even the scene probably forgot about them because they had that turn from, mommy's little monster style punk quote unquote uh to the country blues early rock and roll influenced type stuff the the only people that stuck with them are longtime listeners okay but that means they were huge like if, if they could still make a living off those longtime listeners that means they oh were yeah huge i've loved like three or four of their records out of the six so I just saw something. They were they're described as cow punk. I didn't know cow punk. Was I didn't a know that was a thing. Rock. But they are very kind of country styled later on in their career. That's what it stands for, country punk. Yeah, it's a subgenre of sub of punk rock that began in the United Kingdom and Southern California in the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah, Orange County combines punk or new wave with country, folk, or blues. Yeah, that sounds right up what their other shit would be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cowpunk, huh? Interesting. Another <laughs> genre that I need to there you go. worry about. Now. There you go. We need to start listening to more cowpunk. Uh, in 1982, the band then consisted of Mike Ness on vocals and guitar, Dennis Denell on guitar, Brent Lyles on bass, and Derek O'Brien on drums. They embarked on their first international tour, which was really just the U.S. and Canada, with fellow punk band Youth Brigade a tour that was chronicled in the punk rockumentary Another State of Mind. I think I know Youth Brigade. I might be thinking of Youth of Today, though. Okay. There was a lot of bands in that scene around that time with youth in their name. Yeah, yeah. So I, I could be conflating the two. But the name sounds familiar, at least. I watched the the documentary that they were talking, that I just mentioned, and it was actually pretty cool because you see a very young Mike Ness going through his writing process at certain points. And it was pretty, pretty neat. But then you see him getting all kind of fucked up and stuff. So, right. Yeah, not, not very neat. (laughs) Upon the return from the Another State of Mind tour, Social Distortion recorded their debut album, Mommy's Little Monster. The album was released in early 1983 on their own label, 13th Floor Records. This album was recorded at the Casbah in Fullerton, California on December 24th. 1982 they recorded the entire album in a single session for numerous hours to cut down on studio costs i think that's apparent in some of these tracks yeah i mean it's it's their debut so it's not gonna sound great yeah but i i mean even not even like what little post-production would have been done yeah but 
how certain things sound one way Mm. we'll we'll get to this one the album i don't i don't i don't being cryptic feels weird yeah yeah right but there's like a way that the vocals are recorded one song and then the next song it sounds different completely different yep yeah they sound like a tin can in some of the songs so that that feels that feels like yeah they were just in there hurrying it up who else wasn't it behemoth that did that with their one record that they did in one night yeah I've, like one stormy night in Sweden yeah, or something. I, I think so. Or Belgium. I think they recorded in Belgium. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was like, what are you doing on Christmas Eve? Oh, nothing. Just recorded my debut album for hours <laughs> on end without stop. <laughs> Going to record this record. You know. <laughs> I didn't know when this record came out. I don't think you told me when you gave it to me. I don't think I did. And then most of my time listening to it, I didn't know. And then I just like did the old swipe up on the details on Amazon. And it told me that when it came out. So I, I did learn when it came out, yeah. which made me reassess the record a little bit because I didn't know that's when it came out. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't feel that old to me. And then there's reasons for that also that we'll get into. Well, that's it for notes on that. I'm going to go through the, uh, through the billboard charts now. Billboard charts. All right. We'll go billboard hot 100 first. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go. Let's get to the charts. But the weeks are kind of weird because there's no actual date for the re- the week the record this record came out. Like okay. it says early 1983. But did it chart at all ever? No, no, not, not even on the 200. Not gonna no. even make it. So I have I have the Billboard Hot 100 from January 15th 1983. I have the Billboard 200 from December 18th 1982, and then I have albums released from January to February of 1983. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're just we're just doing it. Somehow you cheat even on your notes. It's oh, wild. I'm, yeah, I know it's, it's wild. It's insane. Super crazy. So Billboard Hot 100 coming in at number five. We have Marvin Gaye with Sexual Healing. All right, sexy time. It sure That's is. One one on the sexy chart. Let's look how how, far, <laughs> how much farther we going on that chart. Coming in at number four, we have Daryl Hall and John Oates with Man Eater. Yeah, we're still sexy. It kind of is. 83. She's a man eater. Oh, here she comes. Now that I'm thinking when this came out, I was thinking of the record that I was going to give you, and now I need to see if it came out the same fucking time. <laughs> Sorry, continue. All right, coming in at number three, we have Don Henley with "Dirty Laundry." What's the What's the big Don Henley hit? Uh, "Boys of Summer." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't know "Dirty Laundry." I definitely don't know Dirty Laundry. Yeah. Coming in number two, we have Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney with The Girl Is Mine. Okay. I don't know if I even know what that is. That sounds crazy to me, though. (laughs) It's a good track. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. This is this is all blind for me. Like a lot. Like this is really in my the biggest blind spots I have. Really, is is what we're talking about right now. Great. And then coming in at number one, we have Men at Work with Down Under. Is, was that the hit? I know they had a yeah. hit. I come from a land down under. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple that you may or may not know further down the list. Probably. Pro- pro- I mean, I'll, I might know who they are, but hearing yeah. them is a different story. Coming in at number seven, we have Toto with Africa. <laughs> Weezer covered it. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, coming in at number nine, we have The Clash with Rock the Casbah. Okay. Which is where they were. Isn't that where they recorded this fucking record? Casper. Yeah. <laughs> uh coming to number 19, we have Adam Ant with Goody Two Shoes. You I like Adam one? Ant. I like I don't think I've listened to that one. Goody two, goody two, goody goody two shoes. No, I don't know what huh? record that's off. Probably whatever record came out this time during the year. So no, I don't know. Gotcha. And then coming in number 25 and 26, the same band. All right. Songs, the Stray Cats with Stray Cat Strut and Rock This Town. Is this like Swing? Was this when Swing was back around in the eighties for a bit? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Stray Cats are, yeah, like they're like bordering on rockabilly swing. Yeah, rockabilly stuff. swing type stuff. Yeah, I don't know which, how I know that, but I do which know. is funny because that's where kind of social distortion ends up going more rockabilly type stuff. I don't see the I don't see blues as rockabilly though, because like I'm when I think the only thing I really know about social distortion is like story of my life. And like yeah. I get the older rock and roll sound out of that now. Yeah. Like that make especially after hearing this, it, it yeah. makes so much more sense. Right. Because I, I don't know if I ever really liked that song. Like it okay. was I think I liked it maybe the first time I heard it, but the more I heard it, I was just, or it might be the other way around. Maybe I like it now. I haven't listened to it many <laughs> years. But there was always a, a feeling of like, this is it, this is this is this is interesting. 
Yeah. There, there's something about this that I think I like, but then there's definitely something about this I don't like. Gotcha. So I don't know, but I, I don't see in my head, and again, everybody's everybody's opinions and genres, genre organization is different, but in my head, rock, rockabilly and blues aren't that close, but I guess in sure. theory they would be. They are. I mean, rock and roll came from the blues. Yeah. So they're they're at least cousins. Yeah, swing kind of feels like white people blues. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. You unlocked the code. I guess so. I figured it out. <laughs> All right, we'll get into the Billboard 200. Coming in at number five, we have Super Tramp with Famous Last Words. That's not the record with the waitress on it, right? I think that's Breakfast in America. Isn't <laughs> that's, that? that's what it is, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's the only Super Tramp record I know. And All it's right. the it may be the only record that I've owned on every single format you can own a record on. Oh, wow. And I don't know how. <laughs> it just ends up in your lap. I've only ever owned like three eight tracks and and that's one of them. And that's one of them. I don't own it anymore. I think I own it on vinyl. I think I have the cassette somewhere. <laughs> I don't think I have it on CD anymore, but I did have it on CD. Wow. And then I definitely had it downloaded. So that's all of them. Yeah, there you go. I that's ran it. for the I ran for the cycle with you did Super it. Tramp. <laughs> Coming in number four, we have Joe Jackson with Night and Day. I'm not gonna be able to tell you one bit about that. Me neither. Coming in number three, we have Lionel Richie's with his self-titled record. Is that the one where he's dancing on the ceiling? I don't know. I think I own it, though. There's that hello. Is it me you're looking for? Hello. Is it me? That feels later 80s, oh. though. It does feel later 80s. So does Dancing on the Ceiling. Dancing on the Ceiling sounds later. It feels Man, later that's 80s. a jam. I love that song. You can't get him down, Scott. You can't. He's just up there dancing. He's dancing on the ceiling. I don't have anything against Lionel Richie. I have I have a Lionel Richie record. It's not that one though. Oh, I might not have it anymore. It's not in my discogs. That's kind of oh, disappointing. It's right down the road, bud. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gonna have to go get it. Pick it up for a quarter somewhere, I'm sure. Uh coming in number two, we have Stray Cats with Built for Speed. They're back. Yeah. I actually think it's on the list for you. Okay. I think I, I have them. I don't think I've ever listened to Stray Cats. Although somehow I knew that they were what they are, though. So I don't know. I have some Brian, familiarity. Do you know Brian point. Setzer? I know Brian the name, Setzer but Orchestra? I might I might only know the name from you saying it. Oh, okay. He's from the Straight Cats. That feels like a name you'd say. I don't know why. <laughs> feels okay. Like, sure. Feels like a Scott reference name. <laughs> Got it. Uh, coming to number one, we have Men at Work with Business as Usual. Okay. So yeah. Australia dominating the charts. Yeah. Got a couple more. We have number 10, The Clash with Combat Rock. Okay. Is that one that's on the list? Combat Rock? You said you you had a Clash record for me on the list, right? Yeah, I do. Uh, London Calling is going to be the one for you. Okay, so the the record. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not going to. I don't know. I could run you through their discography. I'd really, I'd really enjoy that. All right. Well, let's uh, (laughs) continue down. Let's continue (laughs) on this. Coming to number seventeen, we have Judas Priest with "Screaming for Vengeance." Screaming for vengeance. I'm a fan of that. That's a record I'm into. See, I definitely, I have definitive areas. (laughs) Yeah, what, what I was into. Right. But as a whole, I never, I couldn't. There's there's so much. I guess I could now, but I feel like if I start to investigate a time frame like that, like if I'm like, I'm going to really dive into all 80s, then I'm going to lose touch with what I'm into currently with new releases. Uh, Yeah, because I'm listening to a lot of shit. Yeah, I'm just going to try to pad pad out the roster in my mind by doing my alphabetical lists because. There's bound to be some 80 stuff that pops up. There is. But before you get into any 80 stuff, you have to let me know. So. I can cross-reference the list that I have for you. I mean, I, I ask you what I'm thinking. I'm like, hey, uh, what 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 bands can I not listen to that start with A? Right, <laughs> what, I know. What ra- I mean, what rappers can I not listen to that start with B? And then here we are. Yeah. <laughs> We're good so far. Come on, oh, number No, it did, it oh. did cost us once. No, it, did, it did, yeah. It was uh, Aaron, Aaron West. West and the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Got me in the ass That's on, that. on you. That's on that you. That is on me. I asked on. you about A's, but I know. also the way that the list alphabetizes them by first name feels weird but i guess aaron yeah. west and the roaring 20s is because there's and the roaring 20s but i don't know because alicia keys is on there too as a that's really weird and that record was great songs in the key of a minor that's not the one i listen to no oh, okay i listen to here the album here oh i don't know that one i think it's a it's a more recent one gotcha coming in number 23 we have prince with 1999 i know the record. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've listened to the whole record. Oh, okay. 
like it was it was we only owned like six actual records at my childhood home and I, i've never seen anybody spin any of them never one <laughs> but we had a turntable and we had like six records and that was one led zeppelin four yeah maybe, that tracks was one frampton's live record <laughs> frampton frampton i'm in you or frampton comes alive <laughs> yeah no that wasn't one <laughs> then there was like a nat king cole record okay and then we had a scat man record like oh wow scat man yeah i think that was it there might be a couple more there might have been a pink floyd in there somewhere that would make sense dark side of the moon like, has to be in there e- years later it wouldn't even have been dark side of the moon it would have been a different one no, I don't know why. But I even asked my dad, I was like, why didn't you ever have vinyl or anything? I, you're so into music. You, like, you played in a band for many years. And he's like, yeah. my, bro- my brother always had them. I didn't need them. Oh, all right. I was like, weird stance, but sure. Sure. <laughs> Coming in at number 51, we have Chicago with Chicago 16. That was one of the big ones. At least looking back, retro, like, like, you know, hindsight 2020. Yeah. I think, I think 16 is one of the big ones that a lot of people look back on and they're like, yeah, that's a, that's one of that's one of the ones. It just had an anniversary recently, I think. I guess it would have been what I've 35 never... years, 30, 40 years. Yeah, 40 years. 16, you said? Yeah. Yeah, hard to say I'm sorry. Love me tomorrow. What oh, you're yeah. missing. Yeah, that's that's this is big time Satara era, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is when Peter Satara is really fucking coming into his own. And by that I mean taking over Chicago. <laughs> yeah, right. Although he didn't even he didn't even have many vocal he didn't even have much to do on this record though but those those feel like Satara tracks yeah when you mentioned them I mean like he he did sing on 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 bunch of them but writing wise he mm. he only wrote like two or three of these which it oh, feels wow. like all it feels like a full Chicago Satara record right weird well I have one more record by the way that came out June seventh eighty two. So that would have been like seven months on the charts. Still on the charts. All right. Good for that. Well, this, this one record spent 446 weeks on the charts. Okay. Coming in at number 111. Beatles. No. You want to take another stab? Rolling Stones. No. Am I in the ballpark? You mentioned them earlier. Well, I don't know if that helps me at all. I, uh, Scott, I throw things out there as throwaways. <laughs> Is it a band? Yes. Is it a rock band? Yes. Is it American rock band? No. I got. I don't know, Scott. Pink Floyd's "The Dark Side of the Moon." Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. I was I was running through my head on everything I'd mentioned, and I started yeah. at the beginning. Oh yeah. So I was like, "This is gonna take too long to get to where we are." Gotcha. But I, I don't think I would have guessed it either. Yeah. But oh yeah, I mean that it has to be now. I, it pops up on the charts a couple times a year, I think. Yeah. And the, the the amount of weeks it has to have on it now is has to be insane. Insane, but yeah, four hundred and forty six weeks on the charts. It's a long time. That is a long time. And I think it held the record for consecutive at one point too. I did the math on this, and it is almost can like almost entirely to the date. Well, I think it was at a certain point. I think I think the Killers had a record that beat it for consecutive weeks. Yeah, which, which also fuss. feels crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. But then I, there might, if we're being honest, there's probably a Taylor Swift or Drake record out there that has never left the charts. Right. So, you no, know, that 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 record might be gone by now. But once you add streaming into that, it's different than yeah buying the sales. Record. Yeah, yeah, because these are all physical copy sales mm-hmm. charts. Because it's the '80s. Yeah, it sure is. All right, albums released. January to February, 1983. There's not a whole lot. Coming out January 4th, the Eurythmics with Sweet Dreams are made of this. Fresh into the Rock Hall. Yeah. And uh, the a, a song I covered with a band, but not, there their, you go. not their version. We covered no, Marilyn Manson's not. version. Coming out on the 20th, we have Def Leppard with Pyromania. Which was the big one, I believe. I think that is the biggest one. I think I own two copies of it for some reason. Oh wow! I don't own I two don't... copies of many records, and for I don't some know reason, any. For some reason, that's one of them. Coming out on the twenty eighth, we have Triumph with Never Surrender. Ah, uh, the 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 less cared about Canadian power trio. <laughs> right, Rush really put them under. <laughs> they really did. I got a few that are question marked because there's no actual date for them. We have Black Sabbath with Live Evil. 
Okay. Sounds like it's a live album. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. And then we also have Minutemen with What Makes a Man Start Fires. Have you ever listened to the Minutemen? I don't think so. I don't right. think so. Unless they had a huge hit, but I, I, they, I don't know. No, they're, they're punk. Okay. Double Nickels on the Dime was the only record of theirs I heard. <laughs> nope. Never heard of that in my life. Gotcha. Coming out on February 1st, we have Journey with Frontiers. That's a big one, too. This is a big time for like rock music. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out on the 4th, we have Stiff Little Fingers with All the Best. Not the okay. one we went over, but... This, this is after that? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think Inflammable Material, didn't that come out in 78? I think so. Yeah. Because I think it was the... Because isn't that officially the oldest record we've done? Yeah, I think so. What was the Tom Waits record? How old's that? That wasn't that old. That was 90s, wasn't it? Blue Valentine. Uh, it wasn't 90s. I think it was... Oh, shit. I can't remember. I think the Stiff Little Fingers record's the oldest we've done. I think 70s. it is. Yeah. yeah. Coming out on the 22nd, we have Sticks with Kilroy was here. One of your favorite six records. Hey. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. I thought it was one of your favorite. Maybe it's just the one you mentioned. Whenever. I think I did mention it because there was a run there that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, that one's got uh, Mr. Roboto on it. Oh, that's the other. We also had a couple six records. We had we had the Grand Illusion. Yeah. And we had the, the theater one. with Paradise the, Theater. The die cut cover. Yeah. Uh, also on the 22nd, we have the Ramones with Subterranean Jungle. The the album that we listen to sounds like the Ramones would put music out to. Let's just put right, it that right. <laughs> right. On the 28th, you 2 came out with War. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a couple more question mark albums in February. Sonic Youth with Confusion is Sex. I don't think I've ever listened to a full Sonic. Well, I know, I know I've never listened to a full Sonic Youth record. Oh, I might have to bring you one. There's I, a few ba- I really barely know who Sonic Youth is. Okay. And I and I even have a book by the woman in Sonic Youth. Sure. I don't think I've read it, but I own it. Oh, that's interesting. And then also a question mark record, we have Hank Williams Jr. with Strong Stuff. Okay. <laughs> That record would sound a lot different if it came out today. Yeah, it would. It would just be bowing to billionaires and telling politicians how much you adore them. Featuring Donald Trump. Not if it was Hank Williams, though. But I mean, like, if that equivalent of a record came out. Right, gotcha. Because those dudes were very anti-fucking government. Yeah. Well, that's it for my notes. All right. So, Brian, Social Distortions, Mommy's Little Monster, released early 1983, nine tracks, 27 minutes, 25 seconds, recorded on a single Christmas Eve. What do you got for me for the creeps? I just want to give you. This, the sound is much more punk than I had thought. Because okay. going into this, I only thought of Story of My Life. And yeah, and until you brought up that they moved to that blues-tinged, old rock and roll-tinged, that that's just what I thought their sound was. Yeah. But I didn't know how to explain it. But that's perfectly explained, especially when you add that they were a punk band that transitioned into that. That makes so much more sense, that sound, then. Especially after a two-year-long rehab stint. Yes. You know, uh, hiatus. But I wasn't expecting a full-on punk record. Like, I I had no knowledge that I was getting an actual punk record from it. Right. Musically, it has the... It's like the era of punk before I got heavy into punk, like before what really drew me in because mm-hmm. I wasn't alive. When this right. was the era of punk. <laughs> Neither was I. Oh no, I was. But this definitely you you could hear I the was. influence. You could hear the influence in the punk that I enjoy in this. Yeah, for sure. I also think that that this era of punk, the wave of punk that that I didn't get into, that is prior to the wave that I enjoy the most, to me was always a bit boring. Okay. Like it's just that it's just kind of the and it's what the jokes are made that how all punk is the same three chords and it's because it's so basic. Yes. Yeah. Even though like, quote unquote, my wave of punk wasn't that much different. It felt a little more complex. Maybe it was production. Maybe they added something. Maybe they were using different genres. It wasn't just punk. But well, they were able to throw more money into recording. That's true as well. That's Instead of well. trying to save money recording yeah. a full album on a Christmas Eve in one in one session. And while doing that, shoving a solo on a song that's two minutes and one second <laughs> yeah. feels crazy to me. It felt it felt crazy. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, this song. And then 
a solo started, I was like, we don't have time for this. <laughs> we do not have time for this. <laughs> right. But I'm not mad at it. I, I think it's a fine song. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with The Creeps. Fantastic. Track number two, Another State of Mind. This feels like a punk love song, which yeah. doesn't feel conducive to the punk that I'm hearing either. <laughs> sure. Because at the time, sure. it was kind of just like grit and dirt punk. There wasn't, they weren't branching out and doing other things, but I guess Social Distortion was. Yeah. So all the credit in the world for that, at least. I think this kind of shows that even though we say they changed direction, it's always know, been after there. it's kind of always been there. Mike Ness has kind of always had that writing style. Uh, lyrically, he's always kind of had his his emotional, you know, runs through there. I think it just kind of shows that off. But I mean, if we want to continue the comparison of Social D and the Addicts, just we'll throw the Misfits out for a second. Sure. The Addicts also have a doo-woppy sound. Like, yeah. the, like some of their shit is really like doo-woppy early rock and roll stuff. Sure. And but but just because maybe it's more the Brit rock than the American rock that we're used to. We, yeah, maybe it doesn't quite sound as different. I don't know. I don't know. The, by the way, this addicts thing started when we started this show. Yeah. I, didn't think, I didn't think of addicts at all while listening to this. Okay. I have here first time noted. I think these vocals are recorded live because yeah. they're they're a little rough. The first the first track, it felt like oh, these vocals are produced okay. They're a little low in the mix, but it's you know it's punk. Yeah. Whatever, we'll take it. It's but, early punk. But this one, there's like an echo, and it feels like there's a lot of reverb on it almost. Yeah, but it's eighty three, so that's not happening. It sounds like a terrible microphone they used to record the vocals. And, yeah, and they're buried. Like they were recorded yeah. poorly, and they're buried in the mix on this one. I and I couldn't figure out two words to this track without the lyrics. I oh no, I couldn't get one. No, I'm 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 listening. I'm like I don't I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. So it was only after the fact that I figured out it was a love song. It was only gotcha. after I looked at the lyrics. Yeah. Moving on to it wasn't a pretty picture. Yeah. Was this one in something? Do you have that notes? Was I this in a, was this in a movie, a show, a game, something? Not that I know of, because it, it th there's just something about it that I recognize. Okay, from the start, I was like, I heard this somewhere. I don't know where. Like I said, it could be a movie, it could be a TV show. Yeah, interesting. As you, as you know, as I've said, I don't, I don't use songs as songs in movies. I hear them as accompaniment. But mm -hmm. sometimes, if I dig hard enough in my own brain, I can. <laughs> Weirdly enough, the vocals sound produced differently on this track. So there yep. we go again. Yeah. I like the vocals in this one. They're out front and they're not as buried or processed, but that was just how they were recorded because it was one Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was. This sound has more of a surf punk swing to it. So there, okay. you, there's also maybe that could be translated into the blues sound is coming through a little bit. Maybe, yeah. The first couple songs had more of a street punk vibe. And then yeah. even though that one was a, was a love song, but then this one has more... It, uh, more on the coast but you said they're from the coast they're from california yeah it feels even weirder saying it then because they're like just using their own sound could be I like they are they're using the sound of the area geographic location the way that the me is sung in the chorus is what feels very familiar to me the okay. way that the way that the me is drawn out and like because mm -hmm. his, his vocal inflection is very different. It's very yeah. it's it's a punk voice, but he's 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 manipulating words in ways that you don't hear a lot of people do, let it's, alone punk. Fans. It's that old school rock and roll feel. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, always like has it's always snarl. been there, but like Mike Ness is an old rock and roll style kind of guy mm -hmm. who somehow got into punk, I think, and then yeah, it just. It's it's always been there. It's always been there. He just used the, and this feels. I'm not saying this in a negative way. <laughs> like I'm not trying to be unfair, but he used the punk scene to springboard what he really wanted to do. It could be, yeah. Moving on to telling them. Yep. What an ex excellent song here. I think this is an excellent song off the off off rip. Yeah. It it has the the safe tonight vocal pattern mm -hmm. anti flag that anti flag may have just straight picked up on stolen it from yeah. just straight picked it up. <laughs> Yeah. And this is where we get into those moments where I think because it reminds me of Anti-Flag, mm -hmm. I would rather listen to Anti-Flag because gotcha. it's what it influenced. I think yeah. I think that's what hit me on a lot of this record, especially moving forward. Once I dig deeper into it, I'm like, oh, I could see this influence this. 
all right, well, I like that other stuff more. Right. So I'll, I'll just listen to that instead. Gotcha. But all these are quick, and I fear that I may be overanalyzing them if they don't <laughs> if they don't immediately appeal to me. Like if gotcha. the song right off the bat isn't doing something for me, then I'm like, okay, and I get the magnifying glass out. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Trying to dig into it, I'm like, well, maybe I don't like this. Right. But and you you said that last week when I gave it to you and mm-hmm. said it was so such a quick record. And and it's again, I'm I'm a hypocrite saying it. I think because there's less to analyze the stuff that I am analyzing gets overanalyzed a bit. Sure. But then when I get a long record, I'm pissed off. I got a long record. Yeah, exactly. I can't win with you. There, There's a, there's a time <laughs> frame in there somewhere. I think it's somewhere between 38 and 49 minutes. I think that's, that, that's the window. I got to focus on that's the window. <laughs> I think that's it. That's like perfect. It depends on the genre too. It's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll sit down and write all these out like for a doom record. <laughs> yeah. And then for a for a stone rock record. And then for a punk record. And maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll get hey, somewhere. One day. Maybe. But this one pleased me. T- telling them pleased me. Even overanalyzing yeah. it, it pleased me. I liked it a lot. Hey, that's good. I like hearing that. Moving on to Hour of Darkness. I'm glad I'm not hearing the same boring chords over and over again, like on the first couple tracks when I thought it was boring, like that mm-hmm. first track. I'm not hearing it. There's different musical sounds going on. So that the boring aspect kind of left my head. Kind of went away. All right. I was good. Like, okay, the whole thing's not boring. Although I think they still might be playing them, but I'm not hearing them. Just differently. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think they're still playing those same chords. Yeah. But there's something about it where I'm like, yeah, I'll give it it's to all them. right. It's fine. I don't know why they keep switching up the vocal productions, but this one feels like it's recorded inside of a metallic cube. Yeah, it's it's rough. It sounds kind like of. they pushed the microphone into a beer can <laughs> and he's just yelling into the mouth of a beer can. Like yeah. it, it's a it's a little bit of a rough one here. The vocals yeah. on this one are rough. I know. Moving on to Mommy's Little Monster. Yeah. This was this was in Tony Hawk, right? That's where I, I think would have so. heard this song. I think so, yeah. Because I have absolutely heard this one before. I mm-hmm. absolutely think it's great. But it being great is probably the reason I've heard it. Like, if it's the yeah. best track on this record, I think it is. Spoiler alert. There you go. That That's the reason I heard it. Like, I heard it because it's good. I didn't yeah. hear it. Somebody throw away a track. Like, it's trash. I'm like, I gotta listen to that. You're right. <laughs> it was a good track, which is why I listened to it. Yeah. Much like some of the other tracks, I think it aims to make these songs have some depth, which I think mm-hmm. is also that old school rock and roll it's not just bass level a lot of punk was just very bass level and and it was instinct like they they wanted it to be almost like your natural wildness like they wanted it to be they wanted to be just pure aggression yes they just wanted the the pure action reaction there wasn't any depth to it and i think yeah that social d and again like we said it could be the old school rock and roll i think they're aiming to put some depth in these songs mm-hmm. but to me this type of music just in this in this album particularly doesn't appeal to depth for me i'm not listening to this for depth i'm not trying mm-hmm. to connect to this yeah and when i try i run into problems so i i did not decided not to try <laughs> to do that i said gotcha. this is this is not the genre that is trying to do that for me Maybe attribute it to some of the elementary rhyming or the total abandonment abandonment of the theme. Like they'll have a part with depth, and then the very next part will be just elementary rhyming, like classic punk rhyming, where it's just yeah. a bunch of bullshit. And then it'll just be a, a a generic like punk saying, where you had depth here, and then two seconds later you abandoned that whole theme of that we were putting depth into it. Maybe that's also why I don't. I'm not catching the depth, Maybe. but it's also '83. It's a punk band. And let's be real, he didn't want to play punk, so yeah, it doesn't seem like it. But it's a good track. It's a really good track. I love, I love it. I just don't think they're reaching the depth that they're aiming for for me. Sure. Moving on to anti-fashion. It's like most of the time the guitar and the vocals are coming out of the same amp. <laughs> it's like they're plugged into the same thing. That's how behind and under the mix some of these vocals are yeah and it might also mean like his vocal tone is also matching the guitar tone a bit which mm. say what you will about that it's a punk sound but is it a great sound not, not necessarily not necessarily nope. so plug your vocal mic into the into the guitar amp and here we go that's, <laughs> that, that's what i'm getting a lot of i think i maybe just don't like this these vocals much like i okay. get it i get what they are i yeah. know what's happening like i can yeah. see it and i respect it and i can appreciate it but I don't like it. It doesn't sure. doesn't make me go, yeah, like that guy's voice. Like, it's, yeah, not, right. it's not quite happening for me. Moving on to all the answers. 
I just continue more talking here about how it's kind of a surface album. There's no depth for me. Okay. But it's a good surface album. Like, I'll take it on the surface. Just putting this thing on and hopping on my blades and rolling down the road works perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But if I try to reach for whatever depth that they may or may not have been going for, it's 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 not good. It's, it's the a shallow... very surface level anti-establishment type song. It's the shallow end of the pool for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like I, I can see into the deep end, but they want to keep me here. Also, attributed this to 83. Attributed yeah, to 83. That's what I, was gonna say. I think it's them trying to be angry young punks intelligent punks yeah like trying to yeah in a scene that's just basically just starting with the ramones half glue half glue and don't do shit like it is that other side of that coin yeah and i can appreciate it and i guess it would be well because dead kennedys weren't doing it oh yeah so like there is that out there so i and but I, even a lot of Dead Kennedys, when it has very serious, serious stuff going on in it, I guess I still kind of also listen to that for for surface level because I do love the love the songs and the mm-hmm. sounds. So I don't know, but this one never reached that depth that I think they were aiming at. Which gotcha. if, if somebody else did that, that good for them. Like that's awesome. Maybe yeah. you did. I don't know. I I like the song. I like the song. Moving on to the closer. Uh, at, at this point in the record, everything I'm talking about is basically about the whole record. Like I'm yeah. just using that track as an example of it. Sure. Moving on to the closer, Moral Threat. Yep. So much of this record sounds like a less tight, looser, less produced, obviously, and for me, less enjoyable Die for the Government. Okay. Like I hear so much of this in Die for the Government that we're back to that. I'll just go listen to Die for the Government. I like yeah. the vocals on that. I think there's some stuff for me. It's it, it's influenced by this, absolutely. Like I said, Safe Tonight, the vocal pattern was picked directly off of that other song. Yeah, tell there's, them. There's no way Anti-Flag did not hear that song and go, no, that's it. That, that's where, <laughs> right. that, that's that's, where we're going. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So I'd rather listen to that because this reminds me so much of it. But because I love Die for the Government so much, I do enjoy this. Like I don't okay. I don't dislike it, but it's hard for me to think that if I owned both of these or if I had the both downloaded, that I'd go, Yeah, let's go with the social let's <laughs> right. put social D on. Sure. But I didn't I didn't hate my time with this, and it was so quick that if I wanted to only listen to it once, I could have. And yeah. And call that a negative, maybe that I didn't get out of it more with every listen but i think that's just in the bones of a punk record sometimes right like it's the punk record they put it out that's what it is it's not gonna grow much sometimes right so after i talked about all those songs that you decided to stay quiet on scott what are your top three (laughs) please my top three i have a four okay well you can have my third then because i don't really have it i mean i can throw throw it in there my number four is all the answers okay I like that one a lot. I like the direction they were going. I like the idea behind it. With this record in particular, I take the vocal sounds out of the equation because they change up every song. Yeah. Yes, you know do. what I mean? To yeah. a point where I was wondering if there was different vocalists on this. Like there was a point <laughs> right. where I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I, I love all the answers. Number three is Mommy's Little Monster. Number two, another state of mind, and number one is telling them. Okay, number one is "Mommy's Little Monster" for me, hands down. I think that's a great song. Yeah, it is a great song. I could, I'd argue it's a ten. It's a ten track. I think it's okay. That good. I think it's that good of a track. Telling them was probably two, and then "Fuck It," the creeps, because it was fine. I like that song too. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it in comparison to the other tracks. Sure, because it. It bored me, <laughs> but as a track alone, as a punk track, I think it has it in its bones, what it needs to have to be a good punk track. Sure. And maybe that's just the one that didn't have as much blues tinge stuff. Like if you, if you ever bring me another social D record and it is one of those blues tinged ones, maybe we have a different experience. Maybe See, I that's, hate it. Maybe I, I hate it. I, that's where I'm like, like now I'm fighting with myself. Like, should I have given you one of their lesser punk sounding records and maybe gone more towards the blues, early rock stuff. I'm wondering how my expectations would have been then though, because because when this started, see, I thought I was kind of playing it safe. Yeah. 
whatever like, ex- whatever expectations I had going into this one were kind of gone because yeah. I heard it and I was like, this isn't what I thought they were. So then that was right. kind of wiped. Where if you would have brought me even the record with story of my life, I hear that and I'm like, no, this is this is what I thought they were. And then I'm bored from that. So that, I'm gonna see, be honest. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe there was so much. Because like I said, so there there's not many bands that I haven't listened to that I've been around as much as Social D. Like I had mm-hmm. I had friends with shirts with Social D. I had friends that loved Social D. Yeah. And I just even when they were listening, I would like be like, oh, put on something else. Like I just <laughs> never did it. And I never really listened like I did here either, though. But mm-hmm. it never really did anything. But if they would have put this record on, I'd have probably been more invested than the other stuff. So yeah. it might have been a lose-lose situation for you trying to bring me Social D. I don't know why. I did try. Yeah, I right? did try. Yeah. And I appreciate how quick of an album it was. I'll give Yeah, it, it was really quick. That's yeah. part of the reason I gave you this one. Well, that being said, Brand, I have to ask you the question. Social distortion, mommy's little monster, thrown, own, phone, or grown. I feel like I might have given this away already because I said if I owned both this and anti-flag, I'd probably just listen to anti-flag. So if yep. I had if I had both of the records, I you know, probably probably wouldn't spin it much yeah it's quick though so i i do it's quick i do like a quick record like yeah if, like if i if i pull a vinyl out and i see that it's like wow oh, a half hour man i could listen to this twice <laughs> i'm not gonna listen to it twice i'm gonna listen to another record probably yeah but i don't think i can own it but again there's an asterisk beside all of my no owns because mm-hmm. if i ever see any of these out in the wild for like a, a decent price because we did it on the show it holds a special part in my heart already yeah and then phone mommy's little monster is so good, but I also feel like I have to think of phone, not as my phone because I don't keep individual tracks on my phone. Okay. So I, I would, I mean, can I phone mommy's little monster and, <laughs> and then like groan the rest of the record? You can do whatever you want. All in all, it'll be a groan, but it's a, it's a soft groan. Sure. I just, I just don't, I don't save many things on my phone. Like it has to be really good. It has to almost be an own for me to save it on my phone. So it almost makes phone unfair for me. Right. Let's put this directly in between phone and groan because it's it's not a groan. I didn't, I didn't dislike at all. I didn't dislike any of my time with this record. I wasn't pissed off, except until that, until I caught myself trying to dive into it too far, where I was like, okay, back off. That's the only time I had any negative time with this record. Sure. But there's nothing inherently wrong with this record. Yeah. And except for the vocal switching. Except for the vocals at times. <laughs> yeah. But maybe now that I did have this, it would make it easier for you to bring me another social D record. Because yeah, I, I have this to base it off of and I could and I'll be more interested to see the blue stuff coming in than if you would have just given me that and I'd be like, this blue shit's bullshit. Yeah. So yeah. There, there, there's that possibility, definitely. So let's put it directly in between. I'm, call, I'm <laughs> If you could cheat on drafts, I could cheat on hey, these. Do whatever you want. Directly in between phone and groan. Okay. So it's it's neither, sure. but also both. Gotcha. Understood. Well, this week, you weren't just listening to Social Distortion. What's your record of the week? My record of the week. Yeah, here we go. We listened to it together. Okay. You were, yeah. you were having a lot of... Uh, audio problems that I was day. having some technical issues all week long I'm gonna take the album Sleep's Holy Mountain by Sleep yeah because you were wow, that one I fucking loved that record yeah you did and I, much like I said to you it could be the hypocrite it might be my most hypocritical take I've ever had <laughs> but I love it and yeah the was it this one or the Electric Wizard record where I said I could definitely see the connecting tissue between sun and this and that scares me uh that was electric wizard i think okay. you said that yeah okay yeah because i guess sleep the the sleep record does have a little more going on than the electric yeah. wizard record but yeah. i i loved it i we listened to four quote-unquote stoner albums this week together yeah we had two entirely different opinions on three of them yeah so no, my, I, I was not having a great week Mine, my my record of the week is the 1992 release by Sleep, Sleep Holy Mountain. I can't wait to buy this thing on vinyl. I'm excited. Yeah, gotta find it. Have you looked it up? I did look it up. There's a couple for like 40 bucks, but oh, that's not bad. We'll see. Yeah. So, what's your record of the week, Scott? Much like 
we cheat on this show. I'm cheating with my record of the week. I have three. <laughs> um, Next time, just tell me, and I'll just say, nah, I don't, I don't got one, Scott. Good, I, I would. <laughs> but the uh, the first one, I am backtracking on an opinion I had on an episode we did previously. You love Avengers Sevenfold's older records now. That's where no, we're no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I went and listened to Continent. Okay. By the Acacia strain. I had a feeling that this was happening because you didn't tell me like after we were talking, because we were talking about Acacia strain for a bunch. We we talked about Acacia strain a bunch this week. When you dove into continent and I said, let me know. And you didn't really say anything. I was like, I think I know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, It was obviously a bad week. The week I got it. Um, You can listen to that episode if you want to hear why, but yeah, go, go back and listen. But I re-listened to it. I, think i said i groaned it but i think i was going to give it another shot uh so i did give it another shot i really enjoyed it i really really liked it but we've talked about that and maybe maybe we do an episode of this at some point we've both changed the way that we listen to music oh yeah and i think we've both gotten more versatile with how we can enjoy music yeah we we made the discovery then that you listen to music to connect with it right and i i can do that but i i listen to music a lot for entertainment i right. love i just i'm entertained by it i'm interested whatever and i think that's how you got into continent you're you're able to open up that valve now and yeah. you're, you're able to overlook some things that you're not entirely oh for sure about. yeah yeah <laughs> but i really enjoyed it i liked my time with it this week listened to it a couple times i ended up finding a copy for 16 bucks on vinyl that i got now i think it's i, I think it's my favorite but it's so hard uh, don't say that because we have a, a a draft episode coming up. It's also the first time we're drafting something that we've done on the show. I know. I'm excited. It's, it's kind of fun. It is. And we and we did three episodes on yeah. Acacia Straight. All right, Scott. What's your yeah. second uh, record of the week? My, my second record of the week. Uh, I was told by a guy at work to give it a shot. Uh, it oh, was God. it's Bjork's Homogenic. It was wild switch up from the stoner rock then the switch into acacia strain and i've never listened to bjork before but he mentioned it and i just the sounds were amazing it was beautiful her voice can do some crazy stuff and it caused you it sent you head head first into an identity crisis i was having i was having a week man (laughs) i was having a week you because yeah, because it went from oh, I guess I don't like stoner, I guess I don't like this, this yeah. subgenre into okay, I'm listening to Bjork and yeah. then who oh. has like some EDM shit going on in her stuff. There's a lot of electronic stuff, and she's a female vocalist, and I've never been a huge fan of female vocals, and oh my god, it was it was a rough, a rough week. Yeah, you you were you were going through it this week. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I really so, was. So add on to that then, then what's your third record of the week. My third record of the week is Suicide and Sunshine by Trophy Eyes. Okay. I, I sent you it. I sent you one track thinking yeah. you would enjoy that track. I thought it was a it was a hey check this out this is how this sounds. No, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. I got <laughs> no, tricked. I, I got 100% tricked. By yourself because I didn't tell you to go on and listen to the whole record. No. I just sent I, you the one track which like very kind of like turnstile vibes on that one track. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get thrown into like some Radiohead kind of vibes in it, some sleep token, some walking on cars kind of stuff. It, it's kind of all over the place, and I just loved it. I listened to I listened to it on my run today, over and over again. Yeah, there's there's a lot of it that I really don't like. Yeah. But there's some I knew that it. I really, really like. Some of it's really like it's that that one track that I sent you. I forget the name of it, but is very like it could fit on Glow On. Yeah, and and then I f- I felt tricked because I I got halfway into that record. I was <laughs> I like, mean to. oh, so this isn't. And then I was like, well, I'm halfway through. I got to finish it. And there, there was like some Elliot Smith vibes on it too. Yeah, like, Scott, yeah. You, you basically said like Turnstile and then five artists I'm not really into. <laughs> you don't like. And that's what five groans that you gave me. I got I got caught up in this record that 
I, I tried to enjoy it. And there's some stuff that I, do, I really do enjoy. And yeah. but also stuff I wouldn't have enjoyed before we did this show. Like there's some sounds and stuff in here that I yeah. would not have enjoyed. But now I can get past it. I'm like, ah, that's fine. I'm right. still working on that whole clean metal vocal thing. I can't. It's still, <laughs> it's such a, such a fine line for me. Yeah. But yeah, but, I really, really love that record. Yeah. I really love that record. I need to, I need to pick it up. I listened. <clears throat> you, you can, I listened. You can probably look forward to that one being on my end of the year, end list. Of the year list. Probably. It's, it's really, it really hits for me. You can probably look forward to it not being on mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> so all that's left is me to tell you we're listening to next week. Yeah. What do I got coming to me? I need to double check that you haven't listened. Sure. Uh, the Human League. No. Nah. Never listened to The Human League. Not that I know of. I know you at least know a song. Like you, okay. will, you will recognize a song from this record that I'm giving you. Okay. But if people were betting on this, if they were betting on the show somehow, like if there was a, a poll that they were saying... Like every episode where we gave each other a record and it would be yeah. like, do you, do you think they're going to do higher or lower like year wise? Oh, OK. So the record you gave me came out in 83. Yeah. So kind of the best bet would have been there's no way that brands given him a record earlier than 83. I wouldn't think so. No, that would be the safest bet you could ever make in your life. But I am. Oh, wow. because this one came out in 81. Oh, and it is the Human League record dare. Okay. Re- released as dare with an exclamation point in the United States. Uh yeah, I have no idea what I'm in for with this. I like you say I'll know a song, but you will know a song. What are the, okay. you may hate that song though. <laughs> okay. But I'm trying to see what I should say cuz I don't want to Don't don't. I think that there may be something this week that you already listened to that bodes well for this potentially. Okay. And then you're also you're a Judge Dread guy, right? Like you like Judge Dread, the, the whatever comic? any any type any type of Judge Dread. Okay, yeah, I I love uh, their they had a series. I forget who wrote it. Shit, uh, but there's like five trades that I have. Okay, uh, that were fantastic. I loved the uh, the Dread movie. Yeah, Judge Dread with Sylvester Stallone. I don't remember. But yeah, I, I like the well, concept. There, there's a song on here that there's a song on here that may have been in something, one oh. of those movies, or Interesting. or it's just one of those situations where in my head that's what it's always been. <laughs> sure. So there's that. But we'll see what happens. This is an interesting. This is this, this album is kind of an interesting crossroads in our show okay. here. It's an interesting place where we're at. We'll see. We'll see. All what's right. up. I'm excited about it though. I like this yeah. record a lot. Sweet. I wouldn't give it to you without it. Me like uh, it, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah. There, there was a record that I was thinking of, and I was like, I haven't listened to that thing in like 15 years. And even when I listened to it, I didn't really care that much. But, yeah. but I know that you'll, I, I'm pretty sure, like 90% sure you'll enjoy it. So that's, oh, just, okay. that's just on the back burner that we'll, maybe we'll dive in at some point. Awesome. And then it'll be uh, you getting it for the first time, me revisiting it. Oh, yeah. For the first time, which might be fun. Who knows? Yeah. But so dare by the human league. Sweet. Next week. Listen to that. I'm excited. Got anything else, Scott, before I send us home? No. Good. Hopefully we have a better week this week coming up <laughs> I, than I did. I had a great week. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I had a, a identity crisis all week long Yeah, that I'm still struggling with. So I had a great week. Musically. We'll see how that goes. Musically. I had a great week. I nope. I can't say that. I had, I had ups and downs musically. I mean, I had some stuff I didn't really get down on super hard, but I found a, I unearthed an uncredited two chains verse in an old hip hop record. Hey man, was I fucking stoked up. <laughs> like it's not, he's, he's not credited as two chains and he's not credited as titty boy. It's pre titty boy. Oh, wow. He's credited. I don't even know if it's him, but he's the only other voice on it. He's credited as D a space D I I I I I I I C K duh dick. Wow. And you can't find also that's a dangerous Google search. Yeah, I'm sure. But you can't find anything about the artist duh dick anywhere. <laughs> and but two chains is also one of those voices where even that long ago, because the record came out in 2000, I think. So it had been 23 years ago. Okay. Even 23 years ago, it's two chains. Like there's like yeah, he has there's such no a, denying it. He has such a particular delivery and sound 
that I even said it to a friend of mine who she's super into two chains. I was like, this is two mm-hmm. chains, right? And she's like, yeah, how did you find this? Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, well, uh, you know, alphabetical list is what happens. And there it is. There it is. But follow us on Twitter at OLPod. Follow us on Instagram at OLPod. Send us an email at areyoulisting.pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Listeners, thank you for listening. Always. Go listen to something new. Listen to something you love. Those are the two things you need to do. That's it. Are you listening? Are you listening? She's a man eater. Oh, here she comes. Yeah, swing kind of feels like white people blues. Maybe that's what it is. This isn't the Phil and Selmo cast. That's next week. Tune in. I can't win with you. Hello. Is it me? Da dick. Put it on my tombstone. I'm a sipping boy to the grave. <laughs>